Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's time for the Chiefs Kingdom Show, live with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. It's presented by Bad Boy Moores, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country, Mo with an attitude. And by Hy-Vee, the world's best tailgating begins at Hy-Vee, proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, this is Chiefs Radio Network sideline reporter and host of Fesco in the Morning, Josh Klingler. If you want to hear more from the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, tune in with us every Friday morning at 7.30 and every Monday at 4 o'clock on The Drive. The Drive also exclusively talks to Patrick Mahomes each and every Monday at 3.10. On your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Now, let's get you into the Chiefs Kingdom Show, presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. Here is the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. We are at the Raytown Hy-Vee. Happy New Year, Chiefs Kingdom. We got a lot to discuss, to celebrate, and get ready for tonight. Awesome sellout crowd here, but we'll wedge you in here. The uh, staff here at the Raytown Hy-Vee are fantastic. Just off 350 Highway, they got the spirit of the Chiefs Kingdom 365 days a year at this place. But we're here tonight. This just in, the Kansas City Chiefs 25 to 17 over the Cincinnati Bengals. That means the Kansas City Chiefs have won eight consecutive AFC West titles. That is second in National Football League history, only to the New England Patriots, who won 11 from 09 to 19. But here's what I'm most fired up about. Lamar Hunt, our founder, in 2002 was adamant to try to keep the memory of the old American Football League together. The Houston Texans came into existence that year to make 32 teams. That meant 
balanced. Eight divisions of four. There is some talk the Chiefs would be in a Midwest kind of division with the Colts, the Titans, and the Texans. But um, Lamar Hunt was adamant about keeping the old AFL tradition together. That's why we stayed in the division with our old friends, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos, and the AFC East pretty much stayed together with old AFL teams with the Patriots, Bills, Dolphins, and Jets. But here's what's interesting. In a history of this division that dates back with these four teams all the way back to 1960, the Chargers have won the division 15 times. The Raiders have won the division 15 times. The Broncos have won the division 15 times. The Kansas City Chiefs have won the division 16 times. Yeah. Woo. And before Coach Reed drove into town the first week of January in 2013, it was 15-15. Well, at the start of the 2016 season, it was 15-15-15-8. So it gives you an idea of what Coach Reed has done, and we're going to hear from Coach Reed. And those of you here in our live audience will see him up here on our Zoom call. But nine straight seasons in the playoffs for the Chiefs. Nine straight in the playoffs. That's the longest current streak of any team in the National Football League. That is huge. It ties the Colts from 2002 to 2010 of Peyton Manning. It ties the Roger Staubach and Tom Landry Cowboys of 1975 to 1983. That gives us some perspective. That is huge. Coach Reed has 18 10-win seasons in his 25 years as a head coach. Only Don Shula and Bill Belichick have more with 20. That is Huge. Coach Reed has nine straight 10-win seasons. Only Bill Belichick has had more in NFL history, and all nine of those have been in Kansas City, not Philadelphia. That is huge. In that game last night against the Bengals, our old nemesis, the offensive line started that night. They came out with their hair on fire like a bunch of dragons out front. The defensive line takes the game over in the fourth quarter. They get six sacks in the game along with the rest of the defense and Justin Reed blitzing. Um, but they took, had four sacks on the last possession. For the O-line and D-line to do it, they were able to put the hammer down, baby. You got it. All right, Isaiah Pacheco, 165 all-purpose yards, including runs of 37 and 34. Looked like Christian Okoye. Rushi Rice, five catches, 127 yards, including a 67-yarder. And our old friend Harrison Butker, six field goals made. One behind Cairo Santos, our favorite Brazilian kicker, now with the uh, Chicago Bears, had seven against Cincinnati at Cincy, but that was in a loss. This was in a win where Butker just hammered all six of those home, and that's worth 18 points. That's three possessions worth of points, everybody, if you're keeping track at home. And then also, Patrick Mahomes, six straight seasons with 4,000 passing yards. That is huge. We got an awesome crowd here tonight. We have got the Red Coaters here in full force. Hey, hey, Paula's here. Uh, we've got folks all the way from Hayes, Kansas. It's the annual visit of the folks from Hayes, Kansas, who drove here for the show. Casey Warriors here. All right. Uh, we have got the geeks that are here tonight. 
Snowstorm Sandy, the meteorologist of the kingdom, autograph geek, Cindy Lou Who. We've also got caveman Bob, weird wolf and weird wife. It is the birthday on January the 1st of Snowstorm Sandy. That's right. So after the show, we will sing happy birthday to Snowstorm Sandy, who walked to Arrowhead uphill there and back up to her waist in snow during a snowstorm. Yellow Froman is here tonight, too, the official photographer of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mary is here from Stafford, Kansas. Comes all the way from Stafford, Kansas from the show. Uh, so uh, also uh, some great folks here tonight uh, from the folks here at Hy-Vee in Raytown. A reminder, score the savings with Hy-Vee. The night after a game, and a lot of you do this, you get the fuel saver discount equal to the Chiefs score 25 Based on the amount you spend, 25 bucks, the Chiefs score 25 points, you save 40, sorry, 25 cents a gallon uh, with any $25 purchase. Hey, we'll use it. The more we score, the more you save. So we want you to score the savings uh, here at Hy-Vee tonight after the show. Or if you're out there listening, you've got until uh, the rest of this evening to do so. Later in the show tonight, the perfect guest to have. We're going to hear from Coach Reed in just a minute. But the perfect guest tonight, a seven-year National Football League veteran uh, he, at K-State. He had, he had nine records at K-State. His son is one of the top receivers in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks. He has been an incredible leader in our community and throughout the Chiefs kingdom, serving on several boards. But he has been a leader in commerce. He has been a leader uh, for the community he is a servant leader. He's an incredible human being. Kevin Lockett is here tonight as our guest. So when we come back, we're going to hear from head coach Andy Reid after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. All to go for Mahomes. Ball to be snapped on the left hash. Coming in motion to the inside. They load it up. As Mahomes looks to the left side, Sinai fires back in the end zone, caught, touchdown, Kansas City, actually a circle route by Isaiah Pacheco, the Chiefs went four by one after the Pacheco motion, and he circles into the end zone, a new wrinkle for the Chiefs, and the Kansas City Chiefs answer the Bengals field goal with a touchdown of eight yards. And welcome back, everybody, and welcome. We're at the uh, Raytown Hy-Vee tonight, and later we'll have Kevin Lockett, former Chief, former K-Stater, of course, his son, one of the top receivers in the NFL with the Seattle Seahawks. But now we're joined by head coach Andy Reid of the AFC West champion Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm not going to go any further until I congratulate you on eight straight. When you came to town, uh, we had eight division championships but you honored Mr. Hunt because he basically wanted to keep this division together, the old AFL history, and he did. But now each team in this division has won 15, but the Chiefs, which now have 16 with eight straight division titles. Congratulations. Oh, I appreciate it, Mitch. Um, everybody uh, involved has done a great job with that. So there's so many people involved um, that, that make it right and, players, coaches, front office, Clark Hunt, um, you know, yourself rolling it out and getting the fans excited and keeping them excited even when we don't do so well. So, um, you know, everybody's got had a piece of this pie, and that's what makes it special. But you bust your tail, uh, and we all are riding the train that you're 
leading. But you also get the whole history of it, the American Football League uh, and the, these div- teams in this division going all the way back to 1960. That's not lost on you, is it? No, listen, uh, um, I, I used to love the Kansas City Chiefs as a player, as a kid growing up in uh, Los Angeles. You know, I, I always say that Mike Garrett was one of my guys, man. I He, he grew up uh, pretty close to me in L.A. And um, my high school back at that time used to play Roosevelt High School. And so I, I was very familiar with him. And when he went to SC, I followed him there. And then when he came to the Chiefs, I became a Chiefs fan, so I knew all about him, and um, and and then I <clears throat> I was also good friends with John Madden, and John Madden would tell me about that rivalry and mm-hmm. how that thing worked out, and the the toughness between the two teams uh, that each one had, and then they get together and play each other, and it was just like a bloodbath out there. So, um, <laughs> you know, I followed that part of it too. I saw Mike's face when I spoke at Ed Buddy's funeral, but that segues into my first question to you, and that is the offensive line and what they got done in that victory over the Bengals. I'm going to start with those guys because it seemed like their hair was on fire. How much did they set the tone to that whole game? Yeah, they did. They uh, uh, Really, both lines came out firing. and uh, But the offensive line, they made it a point to – <clears throat> excuse me, to come out uh, with with an edge. And, uh, you know, we, we needed to do that. And the, the guys, uh, Andy Heck and all of his guys there, man, they, they rallied it up and, and and took charge. So they, they did that during the week, too, at practice. So I, I figured that it was going to probably carry over, and it did. To follow up, as I reviewed the video, though, we all want Kels to get 150 yards a game. But, man, he made some good blocks in this game. How much did Kels – how much was he involved that we could overlook that didn't show up on the stat sheet? Yeah, well, this might have been his best blocking game since he'd been here. Um, he was really sharp on all that. <clears throat> and he, you know, he was constantly telling me, don't worry about giving me the ball. I'm going to take care of business other places. You just just call it, you know. And uh, that's uh, – uh, you don't find a lot of guys that will do that. And um, so – Anyways, he but he ended up having one of the bigger plays of the game on the first down uh, right there in the fourth quarter, I think it was. You mentioned the defensive line. I mean, they decimated the Bengals, especially in the fourth quarter in those last drives. What about that group just kind of taking their part of the game over? Yeah, they've got a good offensive line. And, and the, you know, for our defensive line just to kick it up a notch like that and then they invited Justin Reed into the pitcher to help out. So yeah, he jumped in and got a sack, but they, uh, I thought our D line just uh, really played well. And when it came, w- once we were able to keep the quarterback in the pocket, uh, that Browning kid, by the way, is a good football player, but once we were able to keep him in the pocket, <clears throat> um, it, it was made a difference and we were able to close in on him and, and uh, you know, multiple guys got sacked. So that's a, that's a tribute to, Spags his uh, his game plan, and then Joe working with that Joe Cullen working with the D line and getting them amped up and ready to go. Chris Jones is really, uh, you know, his leadership really shows too with that group. Harrison Bucker six field goals. I mean, that's three possessions worth of points to get eighteen points out of your kicker. How much? How, how, what kind of guts did he show in hitting all those field goals? Yeah, well, you know, we almost take him for granted. You know, just he 
he's so consistent. He works so hard. He's so level-headed. Uh, sometimes you get kickers that are all over the place. He's just very level-headed and just goes and does his job. And all the guys trust him and like him. And uh, you know, da 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 da. So uh, he's a, um, um, you know, he's something. Uh, that, and those weren't. I mentioned this afterwards, but those those just weren't chip shots. You know, these, these were real kicks, and uh, he he just drilled them with with authority. It was awesome. You mentioned Mike Garrett, Isaiah Pacheco. How much has he improved in vision, balance? I mean, he was hitting those things yesterday in a couple big runs of thirty plus. Yeah, he's a uh, <laughs> he. He what you see there is that kid every day every day in practice 100 miles an hour i call him the tasmanian devil i mean he's 100 miles an hour he's not the biggest guy in the world he plays like he's 230 and is fearless and he just goes and goes and goes and he's an energy giver i mean the linemen love him they love blocking for him you know the the team respects him and and the secondary doesn't want to tackle him. I mean, that's he, he's bringing elbows, knees, you know, everything with him. And uh, it's, it's something to watch. You were able to get some chunk plays on offense, the 41-yarder to Watson. I'll ask you, too, about Rice's 67-yarder, because it looked like they switched defenses on you a little bit. How big was recognition and, and Patrick's throw and, and Rashi's recognition of them going, man, maybe cover one on it? Yeah, so what ended up happening on the one to Rasheed was um, we had a Y motion on there. We Y went from one side to the other. Um, it botched them up just a little bit in the secondary. They blew the coverage um, in the secondary, and we were able to take advantage of it. Uh, you know, really, Rasheed did a nice job with his release on the corner, um, and then Pat had a like perfect pass. Rasheed made it look easy. I mean, it was. And it was a beautiful play. Um, the the other ones that, that took place, the one to Watson was a tremendous catch. You know, he uh, he kind of had half the ball at one point <laughs> with two defenders on him. And he was still able to secure it by the time he got to the ground with those guys trying to get after it. So, you know, it was good to be able to get the ball down the field, though. That's uh, It's important. We were just – we just missed a tick there, uh, you know, with MVS. He was, he just couldn't squeeze the thing, couldn't get his hands together tight enough to, to squeeze it. So, but it was right, you know, that again was, was there. And, uh, and he normally makes those, you know. Well, here we are. Uh, we're locked into the three slot as we move forward now. And we have this last week against the Chargers. How do you approach this week of practice and what goes into the decision-making and how you look at this Charger game now that we're locked in at the three-hole? Yeah, sure. So we'll, we'll practice. We'll practice the same way we've been practicing. Um, I'll give some of the backup guys a chance to, to play. And it's just a valuable experience. We've done this before. Um, and um, it, it helps you down the road. It helps build uh, depth, uh, quality depth. It helps, uh, sharpen the guys up for the ones that don't get to play much. Um, it gives them a little bit more time to get in there and play. And, 
and uh, sharpen their game up for the rest of the season here. So going into the playoffs. And how big is it that you could rest some of the guys who have been grinding? And we basically played, what, six years into five here with all these playoff games we've had, which has been awesome. But how much of it a blessing is you almost get a, a bye week for those guys to get ready for the playoffs? Yeah, well, there's certain guys that you, you'll you'll try to get rested up uh, the best you can. You have some r- roster restrictions, so you can't. There's not a whole lot of movement there that you, you can do, but you can definitely get some guys rest and and uh, that that need it, and we'll do that. And you always have. Yeah, you always know on these things. Though, you take consideration uh, what playing uh, bonuses or whatever that they might have to as you go through it. So. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into who's playing, who's not playing, and so on. And how much of a collaborative effort is that when you're making these decisions throughout the week? Well, no, it is. There's a you, you talk with the players, you talk uh, with Veach, and you make sure that uh, both sides are you know everybody's working together on it. Both sides are together with it. Well, we'll let you go. We know you never stop, man. You just keep cooking. But uh, we can't thank you enough. Before you rolled into town, I mean, you just changed everything. And to get this eighth straight AFC West title, making history, second in NFL history and doing that. But we're, we attack the playoffs. But again, from the entire Chiefs kingdom, we can't thank you enough. No, I appreciate you, Redhead. Let's keep going, man. You look good in that shirt. <laughs> it feels good to wear it, man. 16. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. 16, 15, 15, 15. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Head coach Andy Reid. Stay tuned. Kevin Lockett will be with me when we come back. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Chiefs are three wide. Tight end right is gray. Kelsey goes over that same way. Snap to Mahomes, looking right. Fade pattern, man open. Caught! Rice at the 45-40 of Cincinnati. 30-25. Down inside the 15 to the 10-yard line. Rushy Rice with a gigantic go route. Down to the Cincinnati 11-yard line. 67 yards to Rice. The largest play, longest play of the year. We are back on the Chiefs Kingdom Show. At the uh, Hy-Vee in Raytown. Special guest tonight drove all the way from Hayes, Kansas, Stafford, Kansas. Also, I need to mention Susie Bling Bling, right? Uh, Poofhead geek. I don't think I mentioned her as well. Want to mention them all here. Also, Fred Liggett is here tonight, the award winning sports writer uh, from Lee Summit. Uh, we are joined to FaceTiming us tonight electronically uh, from Phoenix, Arizona, and Houston, Texas. Uh, as the Texans have a big game. They join us, and also from we have folks here from Ellis, Kansas tonight. That's near Hayes in Fort Collins, Colorado. That's just the kingdom, man. It is the kingdom, and we're red and real and rowdy and rolling. Now let's welcome our guest for this evening, and he's perfect to have at this time of year to talk about this team and getting ready for what's ahead and what's been accomplished. He was a seven-year National Football League veteran, four years with us with the Kansas City Chiefs. When he was at K-State, he was a phenom. Nine school records. His son is carrying on his legacy. He's one of the top receivers in the National Football League with the Seattle Seahawks. Tyler, ladies and gentlemen, he was our second-round pick in 1997 with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
Kevin Lockett. It is always a blessing to have you on the show, and especially tonight. How are you doing, man? Man, I'm always doing good. I know you are. You're just, uh, and everybody's doing good when they're around you. Uh, but just, we reeled off at the beginning of the show, historically, what that win meant last night, and looking at the context of especially over the past nine years, eight years, seven years, you played in this league, but what has been accomplished by this franchise, your reaction to win, to win consistently at a high level? I mean, you just, you can't take it, you know, for granted. And, I mean, I'm now just a fan. I mean, yes, I'm an alum, but but I'm really a fan, just like you guys. Every Sunday I'm in front of the couch watching the game. And I am really just trying to enjoy uh, this moment. I mean, when you think about what Andy's done since he's been here, um, he has elevated, I think, the organization just to a completely different level. And what I love uh, is that he's he's done it in a number of different ways, right? This year, the defense is absolutely incredible. You look back six, seven years ago, and the defense maybe was our weak strength, and we were really leaning on the offense. And so I think Andy's just fantastic at taking the players that he's got and, and building a, pro, a winning program around those guys and getting those guys to buy into to what he's doing. And so, uh, you know, just as a fan, as a native of Kansas City, uh, I am just in awe of, uh, of what he's done here, and he's just raised the expectations so high now for the city. Again, New England's the only team that has surpassed us in division dominance over a period of time. I'm going to ask you this, K-Lock, because everybody thinks, oh, the Patriots, it was always Tom Brady just slinging it to Gronkowski or Julian Edelman or Randy Moss. But in that span, New England did it a whole bunch of different ways. Yeah. I, and and in that, the, the thought was triggered when you just said the way that the Chiefs now have done it a bunch of different ways. Yeah, they did. I mean, you, you think back, they always had really good special teams at that time. Um, there were times where they had offenses that, uh, you know, Brady was throwing for 40, 45, 50 touchdowns a year. Uh, and then there were times where it was just completely the opposite. It was the defense that, that was giving up 10, 12 points a game. Uh, and I think that's the mark of good coaches, right? It's not necessarily, hey, this is my system. Everyone needs to just fit within what I do. Uh, it's, it's, it's the idea that, hey, here's my system, uh, but we're going to maneuver this system and be flexible uh, based on the talent that we have. And so I think over the last five, six weeks, specifically at receiver, you've seen him put Rasheed Rice in, in positions uh, to be able to not only get the ball, but to get the ball and to catch the ball on the run. Uh, because he does a really good job of running with the football afterwards. Early in the year, he was catching a lot of balls where he was stopped and standing still. Uh, so it's just Andy getting to know all the different players, all the different intricacies and, 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 and talents that each one of them has, and then putting them all into the best position so that, that collectively it gives our team the best chance to win. I want to ask you about Rice. Uh, that play last night, the 67-yarder, because they were playing a lot of zone on us. Yep. And then they went man, a cover one. Yep. His recognition of that yep. and to run the route and beat Cam Taylor Britt, who arguably right now is the best DB that the uh, Bengals have. He was just coming back off IR. For Rice to have the recognition to make that play, is there something bigger there that maybe, oh, heck, that's a great play for 67 yards? Well, I mean, I, what I loved about the play more than anything was they, they finally go man. Uh, you know, Rashid's got, got a go route. Um, and nine out of ten times on a go route, you typically go outside of the defensive back and you sort of position yourself next to the sideline trying to give the quarterback a little bit of room to throw the ball. <clears throat> the DB was playing a little bit on, on Rasheed's outside shoulder, uh, but he was very comfortable and he took an inside release. That's very hard to do because typically you don't want to get pushed down uh, inside. He took an inside release, widened back out, 
what we call stacking him, got in front of the defensive back, uh, and then it doesn't matter how fast the DB is, he's running behind Rasheed. Uh, and so the fact that, that he was comfortable enough to do that lets you know that he's developing very well and becoming a good player, uh, but also for Patrick to sort of drop back and see that he didn't take an outside release, took an inside release, and still put the ball uh, in a position where he could catch the ball on the run, it just shows you that, that their camaraderie is, is starting to connect a little bit um, like you've seen him do with Travis in the past or Juju in, in previous years and other players. Told you it's perfect to have him on tonight, right? Wide receiver connoisseur. Uh, Kevin Lockett, our guest tonight. So how much of this for she is instinct, and how much is – is it a process of what kind of what you just laid out? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, the best way that, that any player gets better is, is through experience. It's just playing games, right? Um, but what you can see is you can see he's getting a lot more comfortable, not only in the offense, but in his individual skill set and his ability to win uh, at this level. Um, you see Patrick becoming m much more comfortable uh, with Rasheed, understanding, knowing where he's going to be in, in certain zones, what he's going to do against man, uh, and being able to get him the ball, like I was talking about before, on the run. So some of it is just experience. Just You have to play. You have to play a lot in order to, to, to learn these things. Uh, but a lot of it is just talent, too. I mean, he's a very talented guy, big guy, 200-plus pounds, can run well. Um, you know, when you get big, strong, physical guys that, that have the ability to run like that, uh, you can do some amazing things. It's also, I mean, it's not, it's right there. It's, uh, it's an analytic, uh, but the Chiefs lead the NFL in drop passes. I mean, we can sit here and go back through the year and show you videos of like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. But you played with Tony Gonzalez. Uh, in fact, you guys came in the league together at we the did. same time, right? And Tony talks about, I believe it was 98, and I, I, during the draft, I did a one-on-one -on -one with him downtown. And, and he was at a point where he felt like he just couldn't even catch the ball. Mm -hmm. And he said he, he was living in fear that like his career was done. Kind of walk us through, as a pass catcher, the, the challenge we've seen from guys and even to fight through it and possibly break through. And, and is it mental? Is it physical? What are you seeing? Yeah, so <clears throat> when I look at our group uh, and I go back and look at it, a lot of it is, is mo more fundamentals than anything. Right, so I look at, at Valdez's drop yesterday, um, and he had his bottom hand, uh, you know, palm up. He had his top hand palm down. I mean, you always catch the ball either pinkies together or thumbs together. You never have one the opposite way. So, you know, you look at that. You, you go back and look at some of Tony's early on in the season um, when the ball is right there at his hands. His head is turned the other way because he's looking to run before he catches the ball. So a lot of it is just small fundamental things. But now you get the media, and they put the story on top of it. Now it's all mental, right? So now they're, they're overthinking, I think, uh, a lot of the opportunities that are happening. Uh, and so, you know, and, I've, and every receiver has been where, where they are. Every receiver has been where Tony was when, when Tony came in, um, where you almost get in the game and you're like, please don't throw it to me. Um, and, uh, and you're always taught from, from a young age, uh, whenever, whenever the ball comes, you catch everything with your hands out. You extend your hands from the body. And what you notice a lot is when, when players start to get in their own heads and, and, and get a little nervous, everything they want to do is in their body. They want to catch it into their body. Um, and that's what I see a lot of our guys doing when you look at Tony and Valdez and all those guys. They don't want to reach their hands out because mentally they're questioning whether they even have the ability to, to snag the ball like they, like they have been for the last 15, 20 years of their life. Did you ever go through that? I mean, when you were at K-State, you came in as a freshman, you caught everything. I remember your one-handed catch against Colorado, still legendary. Um, 
Did you ever fight through it of like, I don't think I can do this? Yeah, <clears throat> and, and for me that happened more when I was here. It was early in my career here. Uh, I didn't realize this, but one of the big differences for me making the transition from college to here um, was being able to pick up the football uh, in the NFL. So you go back to college. College has a big white stripe on the front ends of both balls. <clears throat> Every time the ball was thrown, I'd just see this circle, this white circle spinning. It was easy for me to pick up the ball. I get in the NFL, the, whole, the entire ball is shaped a little bit different, but it's entire brown. Uh, and it took me a long time to be able to pick up the ball. The ball would get up on me uh, a lot quicker than it would uh, th when I was in college. So it took me almost a whole year, my, my rookie year, to really just sort of adjust to uh, the way the ball, you know, got up on me uh, in comparison to the way it did in college. And everyone's got their own stories. They all deal with, with different things. Uh, but I remember thinking through my, my rookie year where I didn't get to play a lot, um, and then the times that I did, you know, I, I had some of those issues at practice, and I started thinking, man, as good as I was in college, maybe the NFL's not for me. This is a lot of talented guys here. Uh, but then you do like you do with anything else. You just you go to work, right? You just you put the hammer down, you keep banging <laughs> away, and, uh, and you come back, and, and before you know it, you're, you're back where you were. Let's do this right, right? Here we go. What do you do? You just continue to put the hammer down, baby. You got it. You heard it from the horse's mouth. Just saying, Kevin Lockett, our guest tonight, as we celebrate an eighth consecutive AFC West title, and it's 16-15-15-15 now in the AFC West. I'm going to go a little bit different path because I don't want to buzz over it tonight without giving due here. The offensive line got worked against the Raiders all week long, and we, and we buried Ed Buddy. I, I was spoke at Ed Buddy's funeral, and I remember going back to the offensive lineman and said there would be no 65 toss power trap without Ed Buddy, and you knew Ed. Mm -hmm. that, that play doesn't work unless Ed Buddy makes the block. Nobody talks about his block. There would be no Mike Garrett touchdown. What about the offensive line saying, get on my back, we're going? What did you see yesterday from those guys? Yeah, I mean, you know, we can have the best quarterback, best wide receivers, best skilled players in the world, but it always starts up front. And that's both on offense and defense. And, and this is coming from a guy who likes to run around and catch passes. <laughs> um, you know, our offensive line and our defensive line are going to take us where we're going to end up going. I, what I see now is I see the offensive line doing a better job of protecting Patrick. Uh, one of the best attributes of, that Patrick has is he extends plays. Um, if you look around the league and you look at the teams that are winning, they have quarterbacks that extend plays. You have Baltimore, you got Lamar Jackson who can run around a little bit, allow his receivers to get open uh, with a little bit more time. Patrick does the same thing. And so I, I think our O-line, uh, has done well over the last couple of weeks. I've been probably most impressed with our D-line. Um, our defensive line and our front seven uh, over the last probably five, six weeks uh, are playing at a level that is reminiscent to me uh, of sort of early to mid-90s, the Marty Schottenheimer era. Uh, and I really do think that uh, this is a year where it's going to be different for us in the playoffs, right? Uh, not going to be playing at home, likely. Mostly going to be on the road. But when you play on the road, what do you want to have? You want to have a strong defense because you want to be able to limit the number of touches, the number of points of the opposing team. And so although we don't have home field advantage like we're, like we're used to, and although we're probably not going to just outscore everybody like we typically do, we're still built to go very deep and possibly all the way uh, in the playoffs primarily because of what, the, what Andy's done with that defense. Another thing I want to ask you about, yeah, heck yeah. You and your wife have such an awesome relationship. She's, she's just a sweetheart. 
But if you have romantic times like we do, my wife is here tonight, Tammy. Here's an idea how we have romantic times. We watch football tape. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, whatever works. Uh, but we watched the tape of last night's game, the video. Travis Kelsey did not have a big night. 16 yep. yards, right? And I asked Coach about it. He had his best game, Coach thinks, in his career blocking. He made, when Pacheco, his second 30-yard run, it was Kelsey's block that sprung him. Mm -hmm. You play this game where, okay, I may get 10 targets and eight catches. Tyler goes through this, your son. But when Kelsey decides, okay, I'm going to try to, uh, to impact a game doing something and catching the football, I don't want us to overlook that. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, I mean, the teams that win are the teams that have leadership starting, at, starting all the way at the top. Uh, that can push down all of the players this sort of unselfish attitude. And it's very hard uh, in this game, right? Because you look at it from an individual perspective, it's such a short window of time of my life that I get to play in the NFL. And what do I want to do? I want to win, but I really want to maximize my earning potential because I only have this long to do it. And so, so you're built a little bit as a player to think about this from an individual family perspective of how do I take care of myself? At the same time, you're playing the ultimate team sport. 11 guys on the field, and 10 can be doing it absolutely perfect. And if it's just one guy that chooses not to, everything gets blown up. And so, you know, it's, it's an odd mixture of, of what, has to, what has to actually happen. And so um, when you can get guys like Kelsey to win in parts of the game that are not the areas that they're typically known for, that's when you start to build sort of this camaraderie uh, where the entire team is moving in the right in the same direction, right? So Pacheco can't run for 30 yards if if Travis doesn't hit that block. If he if he misses the block, Pacheco gets four or five. It's a normal run. You come back at second and five. The big plays typically happen because somebody is doing something extraordinary. Um, that, that is outside of what they typically do. And so um, I see Pacheco catching the ball out of the backfield a little bit more. We're used to McKinnon playing that role. He's down a little bit, so now Pacheco's doing it. So it's, it's having the ability to do, th do things that are a little bit outside of your norm, I think is what is, is, is going to allow us uh, to have a chance to go deep. Don't you feel like you're like climbing up a mountain to see the wisdom? Or like, Mr. Lockett will see you now. That's like, <laughs> that's what I feel, right? When Kevin Lockett's here. What an amazing human being, uh, an amazing player. Uh, and we're going to be back with more from Kevin and his impact on the community. We'll get a Tyler update, too, as well. Again, Kevin Lockett, our guest tonight, as we celebrate eight consecutive AFC West championships and get ready for the playoffs. Back to the Raytown Hy-Vee after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Butker has hit five field goals in this game. He will try a 46-yarder from the far hash at 3.03 to go in the game. This would put the Chiefs up by eight if he can nail this. Left to right as we view it. Placement is down. Butker's kick. It is up. Nailed it! Six made field goals by Harrison Butker. At 2.59 to go in the game, that is a career high for Harrison Butker. Six field goals made. The Chiefs lead 25-17. The butt kicker with six made field goals. Awesome to have a guy that competes like that 
at that position, and he's having a phenomenal year, in many ways the best year in Chiefs history for a kicker, especially in big kicks, timely kicks. And speaking of big and timely, Kevin Lockett, our guest tonight, former Chiefs wide receiver, phenom at K-State. Give us the Tyler update. Seahawks got a big week this week. Uh, how about Tyler and how he's doing? Yeah, they uh, they lost a big one to Tomlin in, in Pittsburgh this weekend. So uh, they they not only have to win this weekend, but they also have to get some help. So not mm. the position you want, not what we're used to here in Kansas City, where we know about uh, week 14 or so we're kind of we, we're going to be in the playoffs. But Tyler's doing well. He's uh, continuing to play well, and uh, I still continue to uh, keep my fingers crossed. And every time I bump into Andy, I continue to mention that. Uh, that that I selfishly wouldn't mind. Yeah. It's you, not it's coach. Me, not we don't want to lose draft yeah, picks. Coach. We're yeah. not tampering. We're not tampering here. Okay. La 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 la. La 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 la. Wouldn't mind it. La 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 la. la wouldn't mind it. Because uh, uh, I won't say it. I'll just get. I'll get in trouble. Uh, he's phenomenal. How's he handle it? Because I saw two weeks ago he gets 11 targets, eight catches. Yeah. What, he had one catch yesterday maybe? So. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's been an odd year for him. I mean, he's still got really good numbers. But um, it's just been an odd year. He'll go three or four games where he gets eight, 10, 12 kind of targets, and then he goes two or three, like yesterday where he gets two or three. So it's just been difficult for them to, in my opinion, get him involved in the game plan consistently, um, which obviously makes him a little bit frustrated. But – um, I think more than anything, he's about winning. And, and the fact that they are uh, possibly on the outs of not making the playoffs, I think, is what has him the most bummed right now. He's a phenomenal young man. If you've ever been around Tyler at all, he's, he's like his dad. Okay. But another one's like Sterling. You got another one at K-State rolling right now. So just yeah. won the pop. Did he get a bite of the Pop-Tart? Yeah, he did. He got a bite of the Pop-Tart. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He's doing good. And uh, this was his red shirt freshman year. Yeah. Uh, so he's got three more years of eligibility and starting to play a little bit. So he's excited. And then our last two are just freshmen at Blue Valley. So we got two more coming, and that's it. We're done. Maybe. I mean. No, we're done. Is, okay. <laughs> I know football coaches will be going, can you guys keep going a little bit? Uh, but Sterling has a chance to play with Avery Johnson. He does. How yeah. special is that kid? Maybe? Yeah, Avery is very special. And uh, more, more than that, uh, he is a great, great young man. Um, and, I mean, you just get a chance to sit and talk to him and see what he does sort of off the field and who he is as a person. Uh, he's, he's just as good, if not better, a person than he is a player, and that's saying a lot. And you get a glimpse. I don't want to get, but I see him. He's got a little of Pat in him in this game. Mm -hmm. Does he not? He does. He reminds me a little bit of Pat, but also Lamar uh, Jackson as well. I mean, yeah. he, when he takes off and puts that ball under his arm and starts to run, um, he is by far the most dangerous player on the field. Mm. And I think uh, as he continues to, to develop in the passing game, uh, that, that, that duo of being able to run and pass, I think, fits perfectly into – uh, what successful NFL quarterbacks have today. Ooh, he's, he's got it. He's a special kid. Uh, again, Kevin Lockett with us tonight as we get ready uh, for this final game of the year against the Chargers. You heard Coach talk about it, how he's going to approach it um, a little bit. So we'll see some decisions have to be made this week. But before we let you go, you, you guys in listening out there in this network and the big crowd here tonight, you've got to know about this guy, Kevin Lockett. The board you've been on, the way you and Cheryl just dedicate your life to the community, 
what you got going on, your heart in the way that you want to live this life to make it count. Just, you're a humble dude, but I, the fact that this all matters to you, um, where are you guys at right now? I know you're involved in venture capital, uh, but that's involved also in food security and food maximization. I mean, that, that's even a noble cause. So just your thoughts right now in helping this community as much as you can. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the things that, that our parents, you know, taught me and my brother from, from day one was just always, hey, those communities that support you, it's, it's your job to, to turn around and, and, and support them and to leave them better than, than they were when you went through them. Uh, and so, you know, I, I have a big place in my heart for Manhattan, Kansas for, and for Kansas City. Uh, these are the two places that gave me a chance, gave me a chance to play football for uh, a very long time. And so uh, it's hard for me to say no uh, when it comes to having an opportunity to do things uh, that can benefit our, our community. And so uh, I've been on boards like United Way and some others. To, now I'm on uh, uh, KU Med's uh, board, and, and that, that hospital does amazing things uh, in our community. I'm on the board of Kansas City University, uh, which is uh, a school that produces a ton of DO doctors. So, you know, for me, it's, it's just about pouring back into the community that, that gave me so many opportunities and continues to pour into us. So uh, it's just about a servant mindset for us and uh, trying to leave the place a little bit better than, than it was when we got here. Told you, perfect guest. We're going to let you go, K-Lock, but anytime you're here, anytime around you, it is such a blessing to be around you and your family. I just can't tell you enough. Uh, how much we appreciate who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Thank you, much. God bless you, my brother. All right. Kevin Lockett, former chief. His son with the Seahawks, his other son with K-State right now, and this guy is a civic leader, perfect heart. We come back, we'll wrap things up here at the Hy-Vee in Raytown. After this, you're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now, back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Williams is the two-minute back here. He's in the backfield to the right of Jake Browning. Three eligible to the near side. Chiefs again bring pressure, and again a sack! They're destroying the Bengals blockers! It's back at the 37-yard line. Chris Jones! This looks like the end of the AFC Championship game. A final timeout called by Cincinnati. They will have third and 27. This is a relentless attack as Chris Jones gets the Chiefs' sixth sack of this game. Welcome back as we close out the show tonight. You get six sacks. You're able to put the hammer down, baby. Also, give you know, Alpha Points here in town. We're helping the visually impaired uh, and J.K., is having a birthday. So I uh, want to remember those who uh, can't see the show, but, man, they, could, they got the greatest spirit there is. Right? I'd love when I get a chance to go to Alpha Point. They have just incredible spirit there. Uh, but J.K., I'm going to give a shout-out to him. How awesome is Kevin Lockett as our guest? What, what a dude. What a dude. Uh, and thanks to the folks here at Hy-Vee and Raytown. Make sure you check out the uh, Casey Takeaway Sandwich because proceeds from that sandwich, Legereus Sneed is behind it, uh, goes to benefit big brothers and big sisters of Kansas City. This week, the Chiefs play the Chargers. You heard that Coach may rest some players. This will be the fourth time we've been in this position since Coach has been here. You have to understand, for five consecutive weeks, we have played teams that have had extra time to rest and prepare for us. 
This is a chance for our principal guys to maybe catch a breath to go into the playoffs. That is huge. Next week, we'll be at Berry Road in the Northland. That's right. The geeks will be there. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mow with an attitude. And by Hy-V. The world's best tailgating begins at Hy-V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show every Monday night starting at 6 from your local area Hy-V store. Presented by the Kansas Lottery. Dream bigger. For continuing Chiefs coverage, stay tuned to 610 Sports Radio throughout the week to hear exclusively from Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Derek Johnson, Mitch Holtis, and Danon Hughes. And if you miss a show, check out the podcast page at 610sports.com on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. 